This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer, and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town Greetings and welcome. Hello, you are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 112, covering the new comic books that we read that came out Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, June 21st. And this particular podcast is spoken straight from the mouth of Mel Bolgia. I am your host, Chris Latore, and joined by our other half of the dynamic duo here and my trusty crime-fighting sidekick, my son, Justin Jables Latore. How you doing, Jables? Sup? Which, one, which one's Mel Bolgia again? Is that the clown? Yes. Well, no, that's the no? that's the the demon. Basically, it's the devil in the, oh, in the Spawn series. Is that one for that comes out of the fireplace at the end of the movie, right? Right out of the brick fireplace, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah that's and Michael of... Jai White like kicks his ass. That's little, right. right. Gotta right. love the Spawn. I know he's gonna do a new movie. I can't wait. But thank you so much for joining us. Yes, you, the listener, right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where we recommend to you an amazing list of fresh new comic books to read every single week and never miss an issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast by just subscribing to it and following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Xbox Live at Sunspots Comics. And also check us out where on YouTube? Uh, YouTube.com slash Tofi Lat. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought we were going to change the name, but whatever. We will eventually. <laughs> so tell Justin, tell the people out there, what is the Sunspots Comics Podcast all about? Tell them. Well, if you just want to hear two dudes talk about new comic books or how much they love them, um, you're in the right place. Or maybe you've been watching, reading comic books, and you're not sure where to start if you're new. Uh, and, and, you know, we're, you're in the perfect nerdy hands to do that. Or maybe you've been reading comic books since Dirt was created. Uh, <laughs> we can tell you what you you know what we recommend and what you want to buy, and just so you can save a little bones at the end of the month, you know? Some bones. you got to save the bones. Save some bones. <laughs> And if those things apply to you, then you're in the right place, you're in the right hands, you're in good nerdy hands right here at the Sunspots Comics Podcast. And two quick thank yous, of course, Nick Papa George for making our amazing Sunspots Comics theme song. Please follow him on... Uh, Facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. And also I think it's Nicholas.Dell on Instagram, at Nicholas.Dell. Excellent. And thank you to you, Jables, for doing our our podcast blog, our Sunspots Comics blog. Where can they find the blog? Blog.sunspotscomics.com. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JustSunspots. Tell us, what is happening in the blogosphere soon? Uh, well, we did just go to a couple of cons separately, which is for the first time ever. So that might be you one of the blog about there. Yeah, I think so. 
I hope so. I like because we went to two different yeah, cons. Two so different, I'd love to hear your take. Two different experiences, I would say, because mine was barely a con. You know. Oh, I mean, I guess it was. Yeah, it was still a con. Well, we'll discuss it, but I'd love to see <laughs> it in, in written form. So one more time, where can they find the blog? Blog.sunspotscomics.com. Fantastic. So right now. It is free comic book time. That's right. Get ready. You ready, Jables? Yeah. What am I giving away this week? Uh, Dr. Afra number one. Star yes. Wars Dr. Afra number one, written by Kieran Gillen. Um, stunning art by Kev Walker. Look at that art. It's beautiful. That's yeah, great. It's right? great stuff. Ridiculous. So a little story synapse for you. Uh, DA escaped the clutches of Darth Vader, and now she's on the road to redemption and also to find some cool shiny things. Because she's kind cool, of a, shiny things. She is just kind of an archaeologist, a little of that. Indiana Jones feel. She's also accompanied by her bounty hunter Wookiee and her murder droids. So it's a fun little ensemble of people. It's a good time. It's Dr. Afro number one. This is free to you. All you got to do is grab this digital code, which Jables and myself are about to read to you. Go to marvel.com slash redeem. The first one to grab the code and go there and punch it in wins this free comic book of Dr. Afra issue number one. So good luck. And here is the code. Read it to him, Jables. F is in Frank, C is in Charlie, M is in Mike, F is in Frank, A is in Alpha, Z is in Zephyr, U is in Uranium, V is in Victor, 8, H is in Harold, 1. Very nice. Again, I love the non-military style of reading. <laughs> There's, I, I, I was had a hard time thinking of a Z word. <laughs> Zulu Zephyr. Is, the, is a military one. And again, I'll read it really fast. So good luck to you again one more time. F is in Frank, C is in Charlie, M is in Mary, F is in Frank, A is in Apple, Z is in Zulu, U is in Under, V is in Victor, F is in Frank, 8, H is in Henry, 1. So good luck. Come and get it. It's first come, first serve. And please let us know if you win at Sunspots Comics. Or of course, email either one of us, Chris or Justin at Sunspots Comics, to let us know that you won. So what? So people don't what? So people don't keep putting in the code, you know? We don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, I guess waste people's time <laughs> yes we are about time efficiency here yes very much so So let's move on let's uh, move on but <laughs> lastly of course don't forget to follow us on instagram at sunspots comics because i'll be giving away more free comic book codes all the time right there so definitely follow us uh so let's get to the sunspots comics podcast issue number 122 starting out with some stuff Floating around on our nerd brains. And yes, I'm doing it 4D style because I will input a sound <laughs> effect right there. Yes. Right. <laughs> so the first thing that's coming up in our nerd lobes is two comic book conventions. We went to different conventions. That's a first ever. Yeah, well, we were. You, I think I'm kind of used to going around with you. It's just, it was sort. Of, it was sort of strange doing my own thing. It was weird because right. you're a little bit slower than I am. I mean, not just because you you're mentally old. because you're old, man. <laughs> um, no, but. Uh, you're, you like to, I guess, sort of float around a little bit more and sort of just browse and mosey. I'm mm-hmm. sort of just like, okay, like I see something I want to see, I'll go over there, you know. Um, so it was I like a little to go different. row by row methodically. Well, I mean, so do I, but I, I go a little bit faster, I guess. I, I see. <laughs> yeah, you're fidgety. Or like, or like, I don't know. I'd rather go back, you know. In and, time. No, like, <laughs> gonna go back in time. <laughs> 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 Um, no, but yeah, like I, I, I'll go through a row and then it, once I finish, I'll maybe go back through the row again or something, mm-hmm. but you like to just kind of do it all in one shot. And then... I guess we all have our ways of doing cons, right? Well, uh, yeah. I, I'd love to hear other people's ways, you know, share with us, yeah. hit us up. I'd love to hear cause everyone has a method, but mine is literally just like I'm eating a long row of, of corn <laughs> in the cob. I have to go each row at a time and get every single kernel. Yeah, Otherwise I feel like true. I missed something. 
I also think it, it sort of goes down to a little bit of your OCD. You don't want to miss anything. Yeah. So you're sort of just kind of, you're like, okay, here's one booth, and then we move to the next one. Here's one booth. There yes. You. So you anyway. Know, it comes with experience, too, where like I find out later, oh, did you see so-and-so on yeah. row seven? And I'm like, no, no I missed it. <laughs> so it was yeah, like, a, it's, it's bred from things that uh, made me upset when I missed stuff. But anyway, I was at the Las Vegas Amazing Comic Con with my wife, Patsy, and my two cousins, three cousins. And cousin's girlfriend, Michelle, and Michaela, and Mariah, and Angie. Hi, guys. But we were there from, uh, from f- it was Friday night at from 3 to 9, and then Saturday and Sunday from like 10 to 7. And I just wanted to say a couple of major highlights was, number one, was Todd McFarlane. Now, Stanley was there, but I didn't get to see him, and the line was insane course, for him. Of course it was insane. Of course it was. So I've, I've had some... Himself. And you were with me in a few of the more personal meetings with yeah. Stanley. Yeah. So I, I just didn't feel the need... Todd McFarlane also had a crazy long super line, and it was expensive for his signings, worth <laughs> it. But then he had this impromptu moment where I happened to be 10 feet away from him, and he just popped out and stood next to the Spawn mobile. And with Spawn, like a yeah, like really a, well-detailed cosplay of Spawn. Was it a cosplay? Was it a person in there, or was it a It was definitely statue? a person in there, there yeah. Was, okay. It looked I like a statue, a statue, right? In the you sent me a online? picture, and yeah, it looked like... It looked like I don't know, like a big, like six foot tall right, statue. Like a stand up or something, right? Yeah. No, it was a dude in there because the sweat was rolling down the front of his plastic suit. It was crazy. Oh, so it was hot down there. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it was, <laughs> well, like, it was Vegas. It was 147 degrees that weekend. Yeah. It was crazy. But I was 10 feet away from him and people just started gathering and he couldn't have been nicer. He just was patient. He wanted to have these little sort of conversational moments with people. So I randomly started talking to him about hockey. And he's from he's from Canada, and he just talks about. And we were talking about. I'm a, who do you follow? And he's like all the Canadian teams. I'm like, oh, that's cool, eh? And he was he didn't laugh <laughs> oh at that. He didn't laugh at that. <laughs> I, but I was uh, really nervous. Like for yeah. once, I, I really don't get nervous. You know, we've met famous. Your people. knees were buckling a little bit. I was like, kind of, my legs were shaking a little. You know what's bit. funny is to hear that from you. It's kind of funny because like I still get like that. Like with most of the people I meet, even if it's somebody I don't really know, if I know they've done something and they're famous, more famous than I am. Like that, it sort of still gets me, even if I don't know who they are, you know. Yeah. But uh, I, I've I sort of gotten dehydrated. over that. I might have been dehydrated too. <laughs> I, I could have very well been on yeah. low blood sugar and dehydrated. <laughs> so, yeah. but I don't know. But uh, you know, th- this this go around for me was a little bit of a test like that. But it, keep going. Okay. Yes. So he was the major highlight. He and I had a conversation about hockey. I told him thank you for everything. That's all that could come out of me it was, of course, gushing over him and that he's an inspiration to me and that, uh, you know, he's him fighting to create Image Comics. We wouldn't have The Walking Dead today if it wasn't for him. I mean, so many of the things and just how comics are today with the creator-owned comic book side of things and with these you know, independent, unique stories that is Image Comics. And he's one of those the, the founding fathers of Image. So that was huge. And we had a little moment. And he took my Sunspots Comics mic away from me. And we got a photo of that. <laughs> It was just great. My wife had to tell me to like raise the mic because I was like nerding out and just going nuts. <laughs> a, the, if you uh, if you don't know one of us, there's a picture of me when I was about ten years old with Jack Black, yeah. and we met him at San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. And uh, so I, we ran into Jack Black, and he was performing with Tenacious D, and and that's sort of what we were there for. And I I just my dad just bought me like a replica lightsaber. And th- yeah. this is sort of the moment that I'm sort of comparing it to. Yeah. And and my dad was like, let me take a picture with you and Jack. And Jack was talking to us. And so I turn and post for this <laughs> picture, not realizing that my lightsaber is standing straight up. And it's in front of Jack Black's face. And he grabbed it and put it in front of his face and took a picture like that. So there's a picture of me and Jack yeah. Black with a big white 
like PV, it looks like a PVC pipe. We didn't turn it on, and it was yeah. totally bright room. So. <laughs> and so th- this is sort of like <laughs> this is sort of that moment for you. Yeah, you had to raise the mic because it was down. And That's I was funny. a hardcore Jack Black fan, but like for you, you at, at your age, you were like eleven, I think. I mean, I, I that was the first time, like even School of Rock, meeting right? like, anybody famous. Yeah, yeah. It was. I was sort of a little starstruck. I'm not gonna lie. Yes, yeah. that was, it was, it was the first cool, moment I've ever really experienced. Because I was that. playing it cool, and it was weird that we were walking towards. Uh, it was King Kong. Yeah, at the, the time. King Kong panel. That's and we were right. walking towards that, and he was right there next to us. Yeah, with this giant eighteen foot bodyguard. Remember? Yeah, and and he was standing literally like. Like two, like two inches away from me. Like yeah. he was, like I almost bumped into him. I remember that. Oh, I crazy. looked because I thought this guy's walking strangely close to me, and then yeah. we're like, oh, that's Jack Black. Yeah. And then I was like, we are the biggest fans on earth. I have to stop him. And yeah, and, remember and, what and, we said? Remember what we talked? No, about I don't said? remember that. I said, hey, Jack, how does it feel to be in like the nerd fortress of the world? And he goes, is this a nerd fortress? Is this it? Like <laughs> confirming it. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and he told us to go stand by Kyle. Remember? He's like, go stand over there by Kyle. Don't worry about the line. He'll yeah, let you guys oh, dude, in. I do remember that. Yeah, and you then yeah, that? yeah, I do remember. That. Okay, but yeah, that was. And when you stood next to Kyle Gass, you were just like, ah, uh, again, just <laughs> stunned. <laughs> At ten years old, still knowing what Tenacious D is, you know, it's kind of kind of funny. I know um, some parents would say I sorry. shouldn't have let you listen to that. <laughs> no, that you early. probably shouldn't have. But anyway, Todd McFarlane was there. That was the highlight. And the other quick highlight, because I want to get to your fest here, mm. was Jason Fabic, artist on Batman, and he drew the Flash, button right? and Flash. Yes, and he did a he signed a print. Of Batman holding the button, that iconic cover. Yeah, that, the half of that one issue, oh. the half of the Batman side of that that issue with uh, the Flash, and it was the full Batman side yeah. too, which was glorious. And we had a great conversation. He even agreed to be on a future podcast. Awesome. So Jason cool. Fabic, uh, that was the second highlight. And surprisingly, there were no panels, there were no educational panels or how to make comic book panels. So it was just really nice to just be there for a few hours and kind of shop and go. So it was very pleasant, very well done. It was very cool in the facility, very wide aisles, <clears throat> which I give a big, huge <laughs> thumbs up for. Yeah. And it wasn't overly crowded, I think, because it was 147 out. Maybe people oh, just didn't boy. want to go outside. Yeah. Uh, and there were also the people at Las Vegas Amazing Comic Con were very nice. When I asked if I could bring my cousins in, they were like, absolutely, bring them on in and just gave them passes. Wow. So they were very, very helpful, very nice. And uh, thank you, Las Vegas Amazing Comic Con, for inviting Sunspots Comics down. I seriously enjoyed it, so gave it two thumbs up. Nice. So tell us about yours, Jables. What was it called? Uh, well... <laughs> I guess you can call it the Idiot Fest, but it's it's spelled differently. It's it was hosted by Chris Hardwick, and it's the ID Ten T Festival. Do you think they'll call it that next year? The Idiot Fest? I don't yeah. know. Or ID Ten T? I don't know what it stands for. I didn't really look up the like. Maybe it's an acronym for something. Um, but I, I, I mean, it's I, it's. I'm I'm not a big fan of the title of it. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> it's you know you got Coachella and. Stuff crap like right. that EDC and stupid stuff it's a at anyway. least this is an anagram and it stands for something you know so um anyway so uh I went to the ID 10 T Fest hosted by Chris Hardwick um, what was it this was in Mountain View California so borderline of San Jose and San Francisco wow yeah it was uh, it was a long drive uh thank you Matt and uh Moises for driving up with me um we made a little day trip out of it we had turnaround trips so Literally 12 hours of driving in one day, which is nuts. But uh, the, it, it was real fun, man. It was totally worth it. Uh, it. Essentially, this is a new sort of festival that I I, I hope there's more like this. This is really cool. Tell it's us cool. What, what makes it different. Um, so essentially, there is music, which headlining was Weezer, which is one of my favorite bands of all Say time. Say it ain't so. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. 
Um, yeah, but uh, so yeah, they they were headlining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were headlining, and then there was um, a so it's music, comedy, and comics was That's was cool. the whole thing. So you had the music uh, stage, which was a big stadium. It was done at the Shoreline Amphitheater uh, in Mountain View, California. Okay. Um, and so there's the music venue side, and then there was uh, in the parking lot area, which is normally where they their their parking lot mm-hmm. is. There was a big tent for the headlining panels, which was like you know they had Nerdist, um, they had uh, Conman, the people from Conman oh, cool. talking from they the had, show. Yeah, Mystery Science Theater three thousand talking. Wow. Um, the magicians from Sci-Fi, like all that stuff. Um, and so that was like there was the tent right there, and then. Uh, on the other side, there was the comedy tent, is where they were doing stand-up comedy, and they had comedians and, and stuff like that performing. Um, I didn't get to see any, sadly, but you know it's okay. Um, and then to the right of that was the comic book vendor and comic book artist alley, uh, which was where I spent a lot of my time. And it's uh, where I call the meat and potatoes <clears throat> of the con. Yeah, and so uh, uh, going on your your format of where what we're doing with this highlights. Uh, yes, tell us was definitely absolutely Weezer. Weezer was insanely good. They put on such a good show. I I told you recording this. I didn't realize how many hits they had. Like hit after hit after hit song, and like it, the concert never died for me. It was awesome. If you uh, want to destroy my sweater, oh whoa whoa. Um, anyway, hold this thread as I walk <laughs> away. Ooh wee ooh, I live just away. like Buddy Holly. <laughs> nice, so many, so many hits. <laughs> so yeah, so it, the concert never died for me. Their set was just amazing. Uh, the fans around me were so nice. Cool. The venue was really nice. And then... Um, you posted stuff about it. I did post some stuff on Instagram. There were some, a couple videos. OK Go was there, which nice. I haven't heard in a really long time. But man, they surprised me at how amazing they were. Uh, and so other than you that... You said you even went and grabbed some of their music after? Yes, like, so yeah, I downloaded a bunch it? of their stuff. Yeah, it okay was great. Go? Um, and so besides the music, though, comic books was another highlight. There wasn't too big of a comic presence, which was okay with me because they had some really big names for me, at least. Donnie Cates was there, the writer of God Country and, and uh, ba- uh, what was it called? Uh, baby Teeth? Yeah, Baby Teeth. Yep. Uh, Donnie and, Cates. Yes, Donnie Cates was there. And we had a pretty good conversation about God Country, and I, I told him how much I love the book and and stuff. And he's a really cool. cool dude. Uh, I got I bought a comic from him, had him sign it. And Jerry Brown was, or Gary Brown was there. Yeah. Uh, and he signed he signed the because uh, it was the number one of Gary Baby Brown Teeth. does the art on Baby Teeth. Yeah, on Baby Teeth, and he signed it for me. He gave me a little sketch on the book too. It's awesome. You should post um, the pictures of I did. those. You I did. did. Yeah. Excellent. Even that black cover. Yes. Oh, excellent. So and go then, find it where? Where can they see uh, it? At just at just Sunspots. Nice. And then uh, the other highlight for me was meeting Phil Noto. Oh. Uh, Phil Noto is an amazing artist, and he gave me a sketch in my book too, and beautiful sketch. That's on Instagram too as well. It's just beautiful. Black Widow is art on Black Widow, and you yeah. got a sketch of Black, Black Widow's Widow. face like a profile. That was amazing. It's like yeah. tattoo worthy. Yeah, and 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 not just the sketch was the high. Meeting him was really cool. Meeting nice. everybody who I, I you know I don't know personally, but I know. I feel like you know there's just this connection between them with with the stuff I read, you know. So it was it was very interesting and very fun to meet all you guys and thank you guys for having such a great you know great presence and being real nice and it was it was fun. I had a real good time. There are nerd liberties. Right? Yeah, nerd liberty. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> I mean that's the, that we get starstruck. We love seeing them and talking to them. These are real people. We've read their art, their work, their yeah. things they have you know their blood, sweat, and tears into, and yeah. we enjoy it. And then it's like there they are. Yeah, and then it it was a little emotional for me, too, because God Country literally just ended this week. So I I met the writer was there, and I was like, dude, 
That's cool. It yeah, I, I told him my thoughts on it and just like thank you and I told him like how you know, Donnie Cates, man. Check out his stuff if you haven't. But too bad Jeff Shaw wasn't there. Yeah, he would have lost been, your mind. I would have. Right? Oh my god, I would have totally like <laughs> bugged the crap out of him for a sketch. But uh, it was a great, great festival, great con. I I would say that this has been one of my favorite uh, convention experiences, only because yeah. there were so many other things going on. Yeah, it's that unique. I had. I had. There was no lull in the time, you know. Nice. Even when we were sort of just chilling and resting, there was a panel that I could listen to and I could watch from where we were sitting down. It was awesome. Nice. It was all outside. Great. It was. It wasn't hot. It was like seventy-two degrees outside. Oh, um, we were. I was literally one hundred forty-seven in Vegas. Yeah, so that's ra- nice. Ran into Julian too. Julian was there from uh from, from our sponsor. Yeah, from Crypto Zoo. Zoo. Yeah, hey, Julian. And, and uh, talked what to him for a little bit. He was basically just he, you know I asked him like oh like where are you from and he's like oh I live up here actually and and so like nice. we were talking about cons and we were talking about you know some new stuff he's putting out and um I gave him some <laughs> cards and stuff and uh and yeah. Nice. He was going to maybe uh, change the discount on the shirts with our code, potentially? I did not hear that, no. All right, well, that's just a sneak peek that it may be coming very soon that the Sunspots Comics, the word Sunspots Comics on his website currently now gives you 25% off, but we're going to maybe increase that. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, but uh, I met him there. You know, It was, a, it was a, again, it, probably one of my favorite convention experiences of, of my life so far. It was, it was just cool. so much fun. Um, loved it. I would go back next year. I'm very glad drive. to hear that. Very glad to hear that. And me too with uh, amazing uh, Las Vegas Amazing Compliment. I just hope they're not at the same time. <laughs> I, I would say, Dad, it, it, just from hearing, yes, uh, if if they're both going on at the same time again, go to go to Idiot Fest. Then. We'll, we'll was, switch. You go, go to, to Vegas. No, I, I want to go back to ID10. No, no. Sorry. No, you can't. You <laughs> no, go to Vegas. I, no. I'm nope. going back to... I've already taken your name off the list. They, uh, no. You no. said you're, you're, you're banned it from the door. It doesn't work like that. You know? It does. Yeah, I called no. the guy. Serious. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll fight you. <laughs> you fight me. <laughs> I play I fight dirty. <laughs> you to be careful. All right, so that's cool, though. That's our cons experience. So both big thumbs up for Las Vegas Amazing Comic Con and ID10T. So very cool. And check out our social medias to see pictures and stuff. I did mine on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, so. I posted mine just on, on Instagram. So. Very, very cool. So moving on to another nugget of nerd in our nerd lobes is this week's comic book movie and TV news. Kind of a light week, but you got a couple things. What do you got, Jables? got two things. So one sort of a downer, but sort of an upper. Downer, upper. Uh, upper downer? Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who were the directors of the Lego movie and... Uh, yeah, the Lego movie. They were hired on as Han, yeah. as the directors of Han Solo, but they actually, for the Han Solo spinoff, they were actually fired. Um, you know, the hammer Mjolnir brought down upon them. Well, this is Star Wars, so the lightsaber of Darth Vader chopped okay, off sure. their but, career's know, head. Or I don't know. Own, anyway, they own, they own Disney, whatever. But so they, the Phil Lord and Chris Miller were fired from it. But um, you know. The flip side. They're, they're like almost done with, with shooting too, which I thought Holy was crazy. Moly. They're like 75% done with the movie, which is, which is insane. But uh, So they got into some they, tussle. Yeah. They there's, there down. must have been something big happening. But yeah. uh, apparently it just comes down to the tone of the movie and maybe they were trying to do it more comedic. Who knows? Uh, you know, but whatever. Ron Howard, who is a famous director Opie? for like... Opie? Yeah. From, from, is taking over? <laughs> from... Uh, it was the, it's Happy Days, right? <laughs> Well, he was Opie on. Uh, oh yeah, no, uh, Opie on. Uh, man, I can't. The, remember the uh, um, not Adam's <laughs> family, but it's a uh, Griffin. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah Andy the, Griffin show. Andy Griffith show. Right. Uh, Andy Griffin. Uh, but yeah, so he he's hired on uh, Ron Howard, you know, from Da Vinci Code and. Um, what else? He's done a lot. Cocoon. Man, yeah, Cocoon. 
and a ton of other things. Anyway, yeah. we all know Ron, Ron Howard. Howard so. Yeah, I mean the last been... one was uh, on Moby Dick story. Did you see that? Yeah, the the uh, that didn't do so good, right? No, it didn't. With Chris Hemsworth, I forget right. the name of it. Uh, but, but yeah, anyway. so he's been hired on as the director and uh, the finisher. He, he doesn't the, the have. Closer. Yeah, he's sort of in the same situation that Josh Whedon is in with Zack Snyder, where he has most of the movie already done. Yeah, you know, what is he? In. What is he gonna? Is he gonna redo the whole movie? Who knows? But uh, it's sort of a. I mean, it's sort of a downer because. You know, we don't want a movie like this to have problems because Han Solo is a precious, precious character to us mm-hmm. nerds. Sure is. But, uh, you know, Ron Howard is an amazing director. So, I mean, I'm not nervous yeah. by this. Yeah, like they're in good hands. They're in good hands, but at the same time, it is like a little bit worrisome. You know, right. who knows what, what happened and who, whatever. I, I'm just still excited for the movie. You know, not a lot of people were asking for this movie you know, sure. when, it, when it came around. Yeah, in the pipe, like, so. okay. Yeah, right? most of us are like, sure. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I I'm, I'll watch it. I'm definitely of it's Star Wars. Come We're on. gonna watch it. But uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it it's just it's sort of a downer story. But you know, do you whatever. think they'll have this Han shooting first kind of Han, or this Han like not shooting first? Well, uh, kind of if, if you're if it's directed by uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I would I would say that Han didn't shoot first. And then he'd laugh about it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, next story I had uh, was that Carnage has been, con- I think he's been confirmed as as the main villain for, for Venom. Carnage? Which is awesome. You know, Cletus Cassidy is oh, a man. psychopath with a symbiote. If you ever uh, want a good uh, Carnage story, just go read like the original series, The, the Maximum Carnage. Uh, and I, that's a one I've reread. I've pulled up. That's one of those bedtime stories I gave to you as a kid. I was like, yeah, here's oh, the story of Carnage. Yeah, that- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh man. And Venom. I remember telling you those stories. As a, you know, I mean, it could have been worse. I could have been reading like Stephen King stories or something. I guess, At least yeah. I was reading you comic book stuff. But and I would, I would lighten it up. I yeah. would say when I told you these bedtime stories of Carnage or Venom. But uh, that's exciting to me. He's the main villain in the Venom series in the Venom movie. Yeah. Um, the only thing that worries me is again is like how do you have this without Spider Man? You know. Okay. That, that, and how CG is it going to be? That's a lot of liquid quite a, stuff quite happening. A bit quite a bit of CG but I mean hopefully they do some very awesome you know practical effects I would I would hope so any actor named yet or no no just just uh, just Tom Hardy as Venom wow so he's gonna be fighting Carnage that's great I mean who who would you fantasy casting for Cletus Cassidy Carnage who would you who would you oh okay we want a ginger we want a skinny ginger maybe uh give me an actor that's a skinny uh, ginger Maybe maybe the guy who Somebody. played uh, Rorschach from from Watchmen. You know who immediately came into my mind was the kid in Game of Thrones that everybody hated. Um, that he, <laughs> um, crap. Uh, you know the blonde. Oh my yeah, the gosh. blonde kid I that everyone hated. Him with the red with red hair. Because I've seen a recent picture of him and he's like gotten taller and a little more muscular. Like right, and he's like in his early twenties. I want to say like twenty one or something. And who the come on? You're looking it up right now. Yeah, I'm looking it up. <laughs> Keep talking. But man, everyone hated him. And uh, spoiler alert, you know when he was killed. Everyone, Joffrey. Joffrey. Uh, the King actor's Joffrey. name is Jack Gleason. Jack Gleason. There you go. Um, There's my nerd cast. I think I would cast. Play. I would cast somebody like somebody who I know could play like a crazy person. You know. Uh, Ooh, but one last thing. Think about sort of how he's already like in people's minds. He's kind of hated. You know. Oh yeah, I guess that so. That brings that with it. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe that's that's a good point. But uh, well, I would, I would think maybe play somebody somebody who can play a psychopath. Yes. Somebody who can play that off kilter type of person. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, um, the guy who plays Dexter. Okay. Yeah, um, he's a little older, his name. but sure. Yeah, that actor. He's, he's a little bit older, but does Cletus Cassidy have he's to be in age? He's kind he of He is. Gingerish. That's what I'm saying. Michael C. Hall there from Dexter. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. I mean, he played a psychopath, you know? There played you know, a so serial he killer. that gravity with him, Exactly. Too. And he could play that unhinged, crazy guy. Do you want... True. Do you want your Cletus Cassidy to be Joker-type crazy, where he's, like, just out of his mind, or do you want him to be scary crazy? No, I... I really, that character is maniacal and a psychopath. Okay. So I don't think he is should be a likable character whatsoever. So he no needs to be yeah, scary, no, scary, no, crazy. He needs to be straight up scary. Okay, no funny in him. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I think Michael C. Hall could bring that. You know, you just because he played a psychopath on Dexter for seven seasons. Yeah, you know, or he could King bring Joffrey that scary, too, right? Because yeah. he just brings in that that scowl and that that yeah. look on his face. Uh, it makes me makes you me want to punch throw him, up. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so that that's the other, that's all the news I brought. Cool. Uh, nice. Know, well, the last thing on our nerd brains is that I'm actually writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. Yes, I'm writing and coloring and lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his art. Please check him out at at Jordan underscore Hudson. Uh, his art is amazing. Yeah. I love Jordan. Yes. Uh, Jordan has become almost part of the Sunspots Comics family now. Yeah, um, he is. We're going to be integrating him a little bit more, you know, I, yes. I would say. Um, but you can check out some art that we've uh, tested and we've put on some our, websi- our websites called zombiedestroyers.com. Yes. Where we posted some sample pages. I think one through four is on there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Put your eyes on it. And also, just a quick update, Jordan is almost done inking this gigantic two-page splash on pages 22 and 23. So when he's done with that, he's going to start. I've actually just kind of finished up some of page 24 to present to him, just kind of polishing it up. So... We hope to have issue number one be done at 32 pages, and we hope to release it sometime this year. I'm hoping for late summer, but we'll see. I have to do all the coloring and everything. But uh, so next up is a couple of interviews we have in our segment called Spotlighting. Yes, we have two quick interviews of, of two guys that I met at the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. One is our good friend returning on the show, Michael R. Martin of the comic book Blood and Dust. He actually gives us a little nugget of breaking news about his comic book Blood and Dust, so tune in for that. It's only a few minutes. And also Joe Bradford. He's the writer of his self-published title from his own publishing house, Tiki God Press. Two titles, one called Angeli Arbitrium and Ellie Moonbeard, which Ellie Moonbeard, when he pitched me, I was so in right from the get-go. It's about a father and a daughter on this sci-fi road trip. Like, what more do you need, Jables? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many of those right now are we reading? There's a few of them, right, that come into my mind? So I'm a sucker for them. But yeah, there's <laughs> two or three of them. So here they go. They're really short, but here's the two interviews, again, from Michael R. Martin and Joe Bradford. Check it out. Well, I found a buddy of mine. I'm so excited. It's Michael R. Martin, the creator of the Action Lab Danger Zone Blood Dust title. How's it going, Michael? Good, man. Good. How you doing? Excellent, excellent. So how's the con going so far? Uh, so far, so good, man. An amazing crowd at Amazing Las Vegas. It was uh, It's kind of crazy seeing how many people are packed in here on uh, on Friday afternoon. So very good. Luckily, it's nice and cool in here. It's like 147 outside. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I was afraid I was going to melt before I actually got unloaded, so I'm, I'm impressed that I did make it through the process today. Yeah, we didn't park very far, but, man, that little walk was like, oh, we're melting. It was. It's pretty miserable. So I had to put my mic in your face because you are about to tell me a little something. Give me some news. Give me a little nugget, a little tidbit. What's happening with blood and dust? Uh, so we are going to be doing a Kickstarter for Blood and Dust here in about four or five months or so. Um, we're going to be going back to uh, um, uh, publishing under Nightshade Comics. We're actually uh, we're going to be separating from Action Lab and Danger Zone and going back to uh, do Volume 2 and everything beyond um, through our own publishing. How does that change things for you, you changing publishing houses? 
Um, you know, it's um, it's a different kind of challenge. Um, you know, with with Action Lab and Danger Zone, you know, they've they've been around for a while. They've got the diamond distribution, um, the the into the stores. Um, but uh, you know, for us doing it ourselves, being able to kind of reach out and go directly to our fans, go directly to the retailers, um, and work with them uh, in partnership is really kind of an exciting way of doing it. Um, it's very very intimidating, but um, you know, we feel that we're going to be able to to kind of connect a lot more. Um, with our fans directly and be able to have a little more um, production schedule that we can feel more comfortable with, I think. Excellent. That gives you room to breathe a little creatively, and it probably won't change the content per se. You've stuck to your guns. This is your title, but do you think uh, any other way it could potentially change things otherwise? Um, I think the, the, the main thing that we're really looking for out of the change is really, you know, really that direct connection with our fans um, and being able to connect directly with them and, and offer them um, the title first. Um, and that way we're not having to uh, be so concerned about um, a deadline to be able to get into previews and then a four-month leeway to get into previews and going through all of that process. Selling the single issues. We're not going to do single issues anymore. We're just going to do the full graphic novels. So that way you don't have to wait each month or hope you got the titles. You can get it directly from us and, and go that way. That model seems to be working a lot as well, and hopefully it'll pick up sales for you. Great. So where can people find you? Also, guys, go to the feed. You can hear me and Michael talk for like an hour and 20 minutes, <laughs> and we had a great time. But tell folks where they can find you, and tell them a little bit about your comic, if you will, a little snapshot. Give everyone, folks that haven't listened yet, but tell us what, uh, what Blood and Dust is about and where we can find you. Cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. So Blood and Dust is the story of the first American vampire and his family. Um, no romance, no love stories, just an angry old man who has a six and eight and a ten-year-old that don't grow old, don't mature, and the crazy mommy keeps chained up in the attic. Um, so what more do you need? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's kind of the, the quick summary I give people here at the shows when, when I meet them. Uh, and then uh, it's a, the uh, volume one, uh, Life and Undeath of Judd Glenning, is available in stores everywhere. Um, Amazon, Comixology, uh, available for download everywhere. You can ask for it in your stores. You can get the trade right now. Um, the next one coming out, um, you need to follow us at bloodanddustcomic.com, nightshadecomics.com, facebook.com forward slash bloodanddustcomic. Um, we're going to have everything coming out for the Kickstarter and announcements. Get signed up on our uh, email list. That's a huge thing that I'm hoping here in the next couple of weeks we have uh, our first uh, email list going out for everybody. So uh, follow along. Our main thing is really wanting to engage with everybody that, that we've really connected with over the past few years. Um, that's been the best part of this, so that's really what we want to make sure that we do most is engage with our fans. Nice. Well, I'm a fan, and I'm hopefully going to engage and steal a bunch of things from your table right here. <laughs> so come find Michael Martin and come find Blood and Dust, amazing Las Vegas Comic-Con 2017. Great to see you. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for stopping by. Nice to see you face-to-face. -face. Absolutely, dude. Super excited to be in person. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. All right, I'm here at uh, 2017 Las Vegas, amazing Comic-Con. Amazing Las Vegas Comic-Con? Right, I got right. I'm here with the comic book creator, Joe. Tell us a little bit about your comic, the title of it, and where we can find you, and... I, you pitched me, I already bought it, so I'm in. So tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and your comic. Uh, my name is Joe Bradford. Uh, Tiki God Comics is our, uh, our publishing company. Uh, we have Ellie Moonbeard and the Seekers of Shine, which is the story of a young lady who travels around the galaxy with her father looking for lost treasure. Uh, we came out with that one because we came out with our first book, which is very adult, which is called Anjali Arbitram, which is the story of an uh, angel who chooses a broken man to be her champion. She's trying to prove good still exists in the world. So, uh, yeah, so those are our two titles right now. Uh, if you go to tikigodcomics.com, you can find all the titles online digitally. And we're also selling uh, trade copies, we'll mail them to you, of Ellie. Where did some of the inspiration come from? You're the writer and artist, or you do just the writing? 
I'm just a writer. So Nico Selma did the artwork for Ellie Moonbeard. Uh, he's done some stuff for Dark Horse. He's an animator out of L.A. right now doing a lot of stuff. Uh, and then Anjali uh, I found on Digital Webbing with an artist named Kay who's out of Serbia. And he did uh, hand-drew everything. I have all the originals. It's impressive black-and-white noir work. Um, and then the inspiration for Ellie came after Anjali because we wanted to have something for kids. So Pixar, we wanted everybody to be able to enjoy it at the same time. And Anjali was just a story that I had been working on for a long time in my head, uh, kind of a modern-day cowboy take and with a little bit of spirituality mixed in. So, How long have you been reading comics? Uh, since I was eight years old. Nice. So what was your first? Do you remember what your first comic was that you read? Uh, the Batman uh, movie, the original Batman movie one. Uh, that 89, Keaton? That one, yeah. Yeah. What are you reading now? What are you into now? What are you geeking out on now? Uh, gosh, what am I reading now? I'm going through all the old Marvel stuff on uh, online, you know, the Marvel Unlimited app. So I'm just kind of treading through Star Wars, uh, the old Star Wars, the new Star Wars. I'm loving those. Uh, anything Spider-Man right now is great. I love Spider-Man. I'm still into it. You're reading, like, the current Spider-Man by chance? Uh, I'm reading the, uh, what's the, gosh, what's the one with the Mary Jane and uh, his daughter? Your vows? vows, yeah. That one I'm really digging. And uh, I'm also reading uh, Morning Glories, I'm liking a lot, and Ex Machiana. Went back to that, the, yeah, that's a great series. Yeah, I, just, I found that online on my library and I was started reading this amazing series. Beautiful art, right? Is that uh, Tony Scott? Tony Wood? I can't remember the artist's name. I just remember Brian K. Vaughn. Yes, of course he's writing that. Yeah, are you reading Saga? Of course, yeah. I mean, I'm reading a lot of stuff I'm reading. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that there's so much independent stuff with Image and, you know, Dark Horse and all of them are, are just putting out so much content right now. You can find any kind of comic you want to read. It's the golden age, right? Really. Well, thanks, Joe. And again, uh, tell us the titles of your comic and where everyone can find it. Uh, Ellie Moonbeard and the Seekers of Shine or Anjali Arbitram, uh, TikiGodComics.com. Great, Joe. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm going to read both of these. I can't wait to read them. Thanks. Wow, very cool. Thank you again to Michael R. Martin and also to Mr. Joe Bradford again for being there to have those little short interviews. Those were fun. And definitely check out uh, both of those titles, Blood and Dust, and of course the two from Joe Bradford, Angeli Arboretum and Ellie Moonbeard. I'm sorry if I messed those names up, but Ellie Moonbeard is the one I'm really excited about to read right away. So if you yourself or someone you know is an independent comic book creator, we want to shine some Sunspots Comics love on you and support to those struggling creators and do what we can to help them get their comic books out there. It's tough, I know, like myself. It's tough tough to get your comic books out there. So if you're a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letterer, whatever it is, and you'd like to come on the podcast and have a little chit-chat with us, just send us a review copy of your work or a link to your social media or whatever to chris at sunspotscomics.com or justin at sunspotscomics.com. And you can, of course, message us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Sunspots Comics, or just Sunspots. So remember, if you know someone or you yourself would like to be on the podcast and have a little short interview, just hit us up. Yeah, so, we're, we're not uh, we're not too selective. If you want to be no. on it, we'll probably just let you on. <laughs> yeah, we want to definitely do our part to help people that are struggling creators, Absolutely. or if you're just doing it, you know. Because we are independent creators ourselves. Yes. So now, Jables, on to our favorite part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is... 
uh, our comic book reviews and recommendations, where we pick our favorite comic books of New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, 621, which is June 21st. Yes, and of course, spoiler, semi-spoiler-ish alert, just in case. We usually leave the last few pages alone. We don't cover every single interesting part of a comic. We're really just trying to use our powers of persuasion to inspire you to go buy these comic books at a local comic book shop. So we definitely don't spoil them totally, but just in case you have been warned, semi-ish spoiler alert, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I think we should get a little bit more spoilery. You think so? Yeah. No, at, at least with this this week. I don't know. There's some good. Well, we'll some good let's stuff. stick to our guns, our rules. That's uh, that's uh, <laughs> you right. know I'm a man of consistency, um, so yeah. But and you so, know, but be warned, we we will maybe dip into because it was a great week of comics. Yeah, so it was a really good week. We really do want to talk, especially about some with of the it. cons. Like we had to fit time and oh, read yeah. everything. It, but yeah, uh, so if you want to see anything that we're reading and all our favorite picks of the week since 2015, uh, go to sunspotscomics.com and click on pull list, and you can see all of the 148 titles that Ooh. we're buying and reading. Uh, also, click on the top books of the week to see all our past picks. Uh, we've just updated them, compiled them at sunspotscomics.com. So we're super proud of it. Please yeah, check it out. Please check it out. And this week's art winner, artist winner, easily, hands down. Easily. Just amazing Jeff Shaw of God Country Absolutely. issue number six. Absolutely. Where can they find agree. Jeff Shaw? Uh, at G.E. Shaw. G-E-S-H-A-W on Instagram. Uh, I think it's the same on Twitter. I, I have it to is. check. It yeah, is. so uh, I follow him on everything. Me Great too. art. Uh I wish I could have met him this week. I did meet his his writer for God Country, but uh, art winner, man. Holy crap. The colors on this, the pencils were insane. Just insane, insanely beautiful. I love this a book. way that's like not too intricate, but there's still a lot going on, right? Yeah. And the way that he he uses sort of like the, the explosive look of some of his panels, it's just really detailed, right? Mm -hmm. If something has smoke or something's exploding or something's being punched or sliced, the way he does action is top-notch. Yeah, he also uses that brush, uh, like, kind of spray. Yeah, coloring technique. style. Yeah, we, we like that, that ink style where, where you sort of use, like, a thick thick bristle brush and sort of spray some ink. Yeah, kind of a, a water-coloring sort of mm -hmm. style, very much like... Uh, right off the bat, like Dustin Harold Wynn. County comes into mind too, and Dustin Wynn, yeah, Descender. But uh, beautiful, beautiful color palettes. He's all over the place, right? Lots mm -hmm. of purples and pinks, and very grounded in like farm world. Mm -hmm. And it's very much realistic coloring there. But when it when some of the other stuff starts happening, it's just pinks and purples and blues and all this crazy. Yeah, the Elseworld, the the Elseworld stuff when they're on like another when they're on the God planet and stuff like that is just beautiful. Yes. Uh, there's some monsters that are in there that are different colors that are crazy looking. Uh, but it, this is just an absolutely beautiful book. It has been since issue one. Uh, just, just, I, I'm so sad this this book is done. You, you know. know, the artist too did something special as far as uh, Jeff Shaw that you see some sort of imagery here that you can't compare to. Yeah. Right. The evil god that they're sort of fighting. You're like, that's I've, I haven't really seen unique, something yeah. like that. It's very, very creative. Unique. Yeah. Even this weird worm-like creature. You know, it's just like, I always find, I've been reading comics for a billion years. I always go, that's like this, this is like that. Oh, that reminds me of yeah. that. This is fresh and unique and new and is all on its own, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there's some slight comparisons to like Thor books. But like, even then, it's still kind of hard. You're reaching a little bit. Yeah. Like, uh, there's some, some uh, character that semi looks like Galactus, but like, not really. Uh, just because of the way, the way he is, his helmet is a little bit. But whatever. Uh, still... Absolutely beautiful. Uh, can't describe this as as 
as intricately enough without spoiling any of the book. So yes, just he reminds go me of Sean Murphy. Go look at Sean Murphy's art. That's what what uh, Jeff Shaw reminds me of in that vein. Just a very hyper detailed, very unique, and it has his Jeff Shaw style, right? Yeah. Like we see this, we'll know it's Jeff Shaw no matter what what he draws. <laughs> yeah. He has his own unique take on things. I guess on... you, could, you could also announce that he's the cover winner. Yes, <laughs> he is also the cover winner. Jeff Shaw again, God Country number six. Cover is amazing. I uh, th- this is like my wallpaper on on like my my computer now. Very nice. Uh, love it. Absolutely love it. I hold something like that in high standard when it makes it to devices. Yeah, or, your or backgrounds like when or you want to wear it around or when you want to show it off. Like it's yeah. It's this beautiful. is like this tower in this crazy starlit backdrop. If you notice it. Sort of looks like a sword hilt. Yes, and there's also this very strange-looking <laughs> walkway. That he's, it almost looks Star Wars, like a, when it's coming through. It looks like the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, broken Rainbow too. Bridge. From but it also Thor. looks like he's coming into the Star Wars. He's going into. Oh shoot yeah, like the, like, uh, a, like the trench. Yeah, the they're trench. on a trench run. Right, yeah. and yet it's beautiful with purple, blue, and yellow. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just sort of noticed it right now that the light emitting from this this tower is going off into three separate. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's in the shape of a sword. Which, Which light, this, this light book is do a that, lot. Though, right? Yeah, no. The, <laughs> this like, shape, awesome. the shape. The uh, shape. Well, the, this this whole story is about a sword and how it affects the life of this family. So, to throw in a little metaphor like that with some art, like how much the sword me- meant to this book. Gorgeous, you know? beautiful. Yeah. And it's even an action scene that sort of is telling us to what's about to happen. I love when it is tied in and it's there. Not something that's like, well, that wasn't in the comic that was yeah. on the cover. It <laughs> definitely is as to what happens here. So it's a lovely introduction. So easily, again, our art winner and cover art winner of the week, Jeff Schaff. Go again, again, find him at G.E. Shaw on everything. Loved it. Yes, loved it. So the breakdown. This week we went, I can't believe it. We had 31 comics this week. I mean, with a con. 31. With two com- c- conventions going on. I know. It's so crazy. We, we had to sort of fit in reading as we're driving, which <laughs> I thought was kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. We weren't driving. You know, we were reading books or we were sleeping and whatnot. It was but, a jam-packed yeah. 31. And you know what? They were excellent because of the 31 of them, uh, 11 made it to the top picks this week. So fantastic there were also new number ones i always like to break that down there were three new number ones and two of them made it to the great ones list so that is a great week of new number ones so uh let's get into it jable shall we let's break it it. down let's get into our top comic book recommendations this is the great ones of the greats for new comic book day june 21st please go out to a local comic book shop and buy these 11 comic books immediately you will not regret it trust us so, coming in, Jables, break us into the countdown. What's coming in at number 11? At number 11, it is Crosswind, number one, by Image Comics. Uh, I think it's written by, is it? Gail uh, Simone, uh, yeah. Gail yep. Simone, and uh, art by Cat Staggs. Yes. This is the new number one that came out this week. And this was interesting. What did you think of this? It's a uh, Freaky Friday. Yes. Which yeah, ruin going Friday. on? Uh, yeah, so this is basically about like a... Like a wise guy, like a, a gangster. Mm-hmm. A uh, gabagool? Yeah, a, gab- a gabagool. <laughs> I'll have the gabagool. I love that in the what, office. What? The gabagool? So there's a gabagool guy. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I, we don't know if he's, like, Italian, but he he's a gangster. <laughs> right. Um, and he wears a suit and stuff, so uh, he, he snuffs a guy in the, in the beginning of his book. Yeah. Which you, so you know he's not he's not messing around, but... Yep. Uh, so you got a gangster, and then you have, like, a suburban mom. Um, and essentially... What this goes down to is they switch bodies randomly. But man, 
I was angry reading the the stay at home mom part. Oh of it yeah, there's because this... of how her husband was treating her. Yeah, I was and literally the I was literally clenching a fist. Like these yeah, these teenage neighbors are always like harassing, hitting on like her, sexually harassing her. Yeah, yeah. And in a way inappropriate way, and I was so angry at this. But yet at the same time, it was done in a real way to where it affected me emotionally. So that's why it's on the rank. I was <laughs> the, like, Grr! the oh. only thing is like, I mean, maybe this is I, I've never experienced it, but like. I was like, there's no way there's real people that say this kind of crap to people. Oh, there like, sure is, It was man. just, that, like, it was that vulgar and that, like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, you should be embarrassed of yourself. Yeah. Like, it, it was insanely just Cringe hard to read. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was just unbelievable. But they time. sold it with the art because the emotions had to sell that uncomfortableness and her being upset and embarrassed by these young, you know, high schoolers yeah. hitting on her sexually. It was un- uncomfortable. The, the art reminds me of Scanner Darkly. Yeah, sure. Scanner Darkly with that movie with uh, Keanu Reeves. Definitely the coloring style yeah. brings up that in my brain as well. Well, it has that sort of hyper-realistic where like the people look like they're real in a way. Photo reference? Yeah. You'd say? Maybe, yeah. I mean, okay. I wouldn't say photorealistic, but like it sort of looks like they're, the world is sort of cartoonish with like almost, like almost I don't know, like motion-captured people, yeah. you know? Like, like if you watch Scanner Darkly, you'll know what I mean. If you yes. look these side by side, it looks pretty much the same, or it looks similar. But uh, th- th- this this book was just trippy. trippy I wouldn't, I wouldn't and, normally gravitate to a Freaky Friday no, kind of story. I, I wouldn't. I, I was a little surprised when you when you picked this, but then I read it, and and yeah, I, I do get what you mean. Like it, it sort of invoked that that anger yeah. of, of of people who are just just terrible people, and and you get that feeling, and you're just like, wow, like. This and now, insane. how is she going to handle being in the body of a of a gabagool? Yeah, and, and, and he, she she did not get put in a very good situation. And <laughs> I cannot wait for the gabagool to be in the housewife. To kick the crap out of those neighbors. Right. Yeah. And of course, it was kind of realistic in that, like, when he first realized he's in her body, he sort of feels himself up. Yeah, he grabs right? her boob. And he's like... <laughs> he's I was like, like, what the... It was like not a... You know, he did it in a realistic way, right? And it's like, oh, okay. This really legit, like, happened. Yeah. But I thought, great twist, interesting premise. I'm definitely in. I'm rooting for this girl to, you know, or at least maybe not the girl. What is she going to do <laughs> yeah. when she's supposed she's to kill people? She's sort of in a crappy situation. Yeah, but, this is, yeah. but him and the housewife body, like, maybe he's yeah, just going to go gonna on a... He's going to screw some... He's going to kick some Those teenage ass. boys that are making yeah. the... At least they'll more than likely get theirs, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Beat the crap out of I'm her all something. in. New number one, Crosswind. It's on the pull list. I want to see where this goes. I yeah. think it's a mini series. It's only going to be like five, I think. Yeah. Five or right. six, so... Most definitely in. Next up at number 10 is from Action Lab Danger Zone, Spencer and Locke. Issue number three. This is my favorite issue of this series so far. Yeah, me too. This is written by David Pippos and art by Jorge Santiago Jr. Uh, so this is basically if Calvin and Hobbes grew up yeah. and became a cop. Yeah. Um, a buddy, buddy, like buddy cops. Yeah. And I like how it starts off with one of those imagination scenes that you were reading, like Calvin and Hobbes. Absolutely. Where, like, you know, they're in a spaceship and, you know, he's flying around and, and, and they're, yeah. like, sort of like, oh, I'm Captain whatever and this is my sidekick, whatever. And they're uh, really in their living room. Yeah. And, and, and the mom comes horrible... in. But this is, like, a, <laughs> this is a horror version of this. <laughs> yes. She's this horrible alcoholic that, like, the smashes mom. a bottle yeah. to, like, stab her son. And he has a real gun. Yeah. And, well, you, you, learn, you learn that this is an actual situation that that spencer was put in so this is messed up yeah it's messed up this is messed up it's pretty screwed up because you realize why he's he's kind of crazy yeah and he's still as an adult talking to a blue stuffed animal 
But uh, it is a direct ripoff of Calvin and Hobbes, but I don't care. Yeah, they're like, doing a good job with it. They're I doing mean, a great job on it. It's it's legal. It's legal. It's <laughs> far enough uh, detached. Yeah. But there's a, there's an evil laboratory. There's a lab here and an evil scientist that's plotting some things and and puts them on some <laughs> some trippy drugs. A cocktail. Yeah. A, of a uh, some strange death drugs. cocktail of drugs, and he's tripping. But he's also kicking ass. And he's also he's tripping. tripping to where he's still sort of in that Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes world. The, the Yeah, the spaceship world where right. he's like fighting aliens. and like... So it's like dreams mixed with induced with drugs. And a lot of times I roll my eyes with those those kind of sequences when they're dreams or they're, you know, hallucinations. <laughs> I loved it. But great. I love this. Me too. <laughs> I was like, I wanted more of that weird dream world. And I don't ever usually want that. Yeah. So yeah, that well, I mean, it, it, like it, it, set it, up, it set us up. With the Calvin and Hobbes beginning, you know? Yeah. So we want to see... I, I remember those were my favorite, favorite, you know, comics of Calvin and Hobbes. I always, when I always had them around the house. Yeah, I, I read Calvin them. and Hobbes all the time. Uh, but those, those, you know, little issues of Calvin and Hobbes where he's doing some crazy stuff that's not of this world, you know, where he would go and be a superhero or... Yeah. I remember the one where he was like, all of a sudden he was flat. Yeah. Remember? Flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so... Stuff like that, I loved. It was just imagination, and so this and this re- brings that back for me, and then adds a form of like just terrible stuff going on. Yes, <laughs> I mean killing. hyper violence. Yeah. This is mature reading book for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean they censor it almost they with do. with they, they they sort of censor it with that alien world. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're right, and without blowing too much of it, but uh, he's also hot on the trail. He's ultimately trying to solve the murder of like his ex girlfriend being murdered. And so it's personal for him. Yeah. And then also we're given the personal background of how horrible his abusive mother was. So it's messed up. But yet the relationship between between Spencer. the two of them, between Spencer and Locke, is what it's all about. Like it's so strange, but yes, it's so strange I get it. and out there. It's it's weird because like you're like, oh yeah, they have a good relationship, but he's an imaginary friend. Yeah. Yeah, and I so just weird. love those little weird moments where he's in a diner and someone says like, "What is that?" And you know, it's like this little teeny one foot stuffed animal sitting next to him. I just love that when reality kicks in and you realize it is just a stuffed blue cat. <laughs> those again were some of my favorite parts of Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Where you're just like, "Oh, he's he's talking to a stuffed animal." Yeah. How they cute. captured that really super well. So go check out Spencer and Locke. It's only on issue number three. Go. They catch get up it. real easily with this. Totally. So what's coming up at number nine, Jable? At number nine is Nick Fury, number three, Marvel. written by I'd have to, uh, written by what is it? Oh, written, Here we I go. Can't even find it. James oh Robinson. Gosh. Okay, James Robinson, and uh, on on the art is Akko. Akko, just Akko. Akko. Yeah, I don't. And this <laughs> is one of the most insanely unique and crazy and different looking coloring I've ever seen. A lot of pink. From Ra- Rochelle Rosenberg, beautiful, beautiful coloring. I mean, if you've thumbed through this and you're and you're like, this is a Nick Fury comic, you'll be sort of expecting espionage and sort of a dark noir look and feel. Uh, none of that here. It's like pinks and yellows and blues, <laughs> and strange as far as the coloring goes is nuts, right? Yeah. But it's a pretty f- straightforward sort of James Bond issue, uh, like on a train where he's trying to prevent the murder. Of this, uh, some sort of political leader of some other a country, general. a yeah, fake, like a fake named country, but that's yeah. fine. Who cares? But it's it's just a cool, action-packed on this uh, speed bullet train, and there's this beautiful woman that's that's sort of hitting on him, but he's not sure if she's going to be a double <laughs> agent, and she'll have to he'll have to just fight her later. Yeah. And uh, I love tell the what was the best part, honestly, about this <laughs> oh, my, entire my favorite, issue. My favorite part is she's wearing like these. 
Uh, he's wearing like a suit, like a tuxedo type thing in this this like bar cart of the of the the train. Yes. But he has these gloves on. Yes. And essentially, the fingertip of the the pointer finger is a gun. Which, by the way, just a uh, it's totally I, fake. I have <laughs> some experience with uh, sort of tactical guns. It's very backwards because usually you have no glove on your shooting finger, yeah. and the rest are gloved. But it's the opposite way. It's remember, it's the it's the, oh yeah, the so three the, fingers are yeah, are, the, are open and the. The shooting yeah. finger, the trigger finger, is gloved. Yeah, so but it's got a laser gun at the end. Yeah, of it. <laughs> and so it shoot, he shoots people with his pointer finger, yes. which is awesome because you know every kid's played that. You know, yes, their, which is awesome. So I, I thought that was crazy. I, I didn't know this, so maybe it, it revealed it in the past issue. But this is actually Nick Fury's son, right? Nick Fury Jr. Right. So, uh, so we have to not. That's why he's con- not as old. <laughs> yeah, the continuity we have to just sort of whatever. Just let it go. It's a it's great espionage, spy stuff with gadgets, and it's James Bond, and he even has a martini and says, stirred, not shaken. So it's very much James Bondy feel, but with the most insane coloring you're ever going to see, right? Yeah, yes, great, I mean, insane coloring. And the way that the unique panels are tied together in circles that read to lines and close-ups and far, and far shots, and I mean, the art is nuts on this. It was almost art winner for me. It's just crazy coloring uh, with just these pinks and and everything was just the, like the sky in the background is pink. Like it's yeah, it's just so weird. Yellow, a lot of yellows. Yeah, a lot of strange yellows, or even just stark matrix like white backgrounds with nothing. <laughs> like it's just all over the place with this color coloring. Like yeah, these mountains of green and yellow, and it's neon. It's not a not a. There's no dark spots in this. Yeah. It's just hyper, hyper bright and shining and in your face and like, yeah, yeah beautiful. It's, beautiful. It's almost eye tiresome, right? It's just so bright, <laughs> a little bit, yeah, and so colorful, but so unique and so amazing. So hats off to uh, if there was a colorist uh, winner of the week, you would uh, Rochelle Rosenberg, you'd win it hands down easily. But uh, beautiful, fun, and action packed. Nick Fury, go check it out. So what's coming in at number eight, Jables? <laughs> at number eight is my all-time favorite comic book. Invincible number 137 written by Robert Kirkman and yes. uh, art by uh, Ryan Otley which yes beautiful art from Ryan Otley I I can't I love this book so much man <laughs> <laughs> so sad that it's coming to an end what is this is issue number five of the last 12 is it issue number five uh, yep. yeah so this is basically they're heading to earth uh, so you sort of get like the lull before the storm but you also get the story of the Viltrumites on Earth who have had children. Um, yes, uh, lots so, of them. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, the, the one guy from, like, I don't know, way back early in the series where, where Invincible, like, beat the crap out of him and, and he has, like, a missing eye. Uh, he had, like, a bunch of kids. He had <laughs> mistresses and stuff. And he's like, oh, you know, this is normal on my planet. <laughs> and, yeah, we always have a, a crap yeah, load of kids. mess load of kids. You know, we're not really committed to... To one person, and then all of a sudden he gets like a transmission, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta go." Uh, it didn't seem like because um, they all sort of did this. Every Viltrumite uh, that got the call like at the perfect time, yes, and that they it, they didn't seem to have anything in their ear, yeah, like like they were lying, you know. Like, yeah, what it do you seemed think you're like going? that. You're like, yeah, what, what's going on? But uh, <laughs> it, it it was Nolan, Invincible's dad, Mark's dad, yes. calling all these Viltrumites to go. And help with the coming invasion of the actual Viltrumite army. And to my surprise, because with all the the crap that's gone down with the Viltrumites, like I thought they were going to turn them down, but they right. didn't. No, they actually they, they, they said, "Of course, we'll help." Uh, so 
Even the woman that uh, actually Mark? basically, yeah, well, he sort of wanted it. I don't know. There's like no, he didn't. He, he considers uh, it a rape. Yeah, true. He does consider it. But if you remember that those panels, you know, there was a couple panels where he didn't seem to push her away. Uh, it'll go back and look at it carefully. But anyway, she's well, he, there. He's still, it still emotionally like, affects yeah, him. Yeah, still emotionally affects him. And she's moved on and is apparently a much better person. She has and a husband. And fell in love with a guy and has a husband. Yeah. And so she got the fake ear call, too, as well. And at the perfect time, she, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, and then there is a point, too, in this book where uh, Mark tells his dad about what happened with, uh, with I forget her name. Alyssa. Right yeah, uh, um. The one who raped Mark. And he figures it out. Yeah, and... His, and dad figures it and out. And he's like, I'm gonna kill her. And he's like, no, it's okay. Anissa. Anissa. Yeah. And and so basically... But he does say, like, that's kind of the Viltrumite way. Yeah. Like, it's within their right to yeah. conceive a child. The more we strong. learn about this planet, the more, like, man, these people are They're terrible. monsters. But yeah. I love that. That's one of the key moments for me is the dad and son conversation. Right? Oh, I love that. It was it's great. Just... You, you, you sort of get now, because a lot of interaction between these two characters was back when... He was a teenager and, and mm-hmm. stuff. So now, like, to have a full-grown adult Mark talking to his dad, you know, it, it, it's they sort of level with each other now, and like they they understand what they've gone through and stuff. And it's it's great. It's great. The relationships is where this this I guess gets me. Yeah, everybody's so connected. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of which, at at, at uh, the ID10T, I actually bought. I found two pins: the Invincible yeah. and um, Adam Eve pins at the Skybound tent. And I bought them. They were beautiful, semi-expensive, but they were <laughs> worth, <laughs> worth it. it. Absolutely, Absolutely worth it. it. They're hard to find, so it's like yeah. great, get, great get. But did you early on to this feel like having Thrag, the bad guy, mm-hmm. anywhere close to Earth was a bad idea? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and the dad sort of but at the same time, references that. He's like, look, you're impulsive. You made your decision, uh, and maybe that wasn't the best thing. And even Mark was like, well, that's kind of yeah, what I do, Dad. That's that's. Uh, I'm sort of winging it. <laughs> He's been winging it his whole life, but uh, I, I, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, I'm like, well, there's so many heroes on Earth in this in this universe, and there's so the robot is there, and he's got all these crazy, um, he's got all these crazy robots that emit this sound that is yeah. their weakness. I, I don't think they're gonna fail. And we know Viltrumite blood and human blood equals Mark, and Mark is yeah. like stronger. He's, he's stronger than Viltrumite. most of these people. Right. Yeah, he's stronger than most of the uh, the like bug Viltrumite hybrids. So, so the stage is basically set, right? It's like Thrag, who is pur- pure Viltrumite, and he has no other real Viltrumite followers, and then sort of a ton of his offspring that are yep. made of that cricket creature, which like aren't some, as strong. He's got some some creatures. Yeah. And he's got like he's got True. other alien um, people following him, but yeah, it's 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 them against Mark, uh, his dad, who's pure Viltrumite, and you get a a smattering of like the coalition of planets. Yeah. And then you get Earth. Right. Which is a, a, a amazing amount of superheroes and and there robot. are other heroes in the Invincible world too. Yeah, remember? Well, you so got you we got Savage see, Dragon and you got you know. I uh, hope Brit they and, mix them all in, right? Yeah, I'm sure they will. But at the same time, there is something at the end that I don't want to spoil yeah. that you were kind of you know like, uh oh, mm. well maybe this plan wasn't very Kirkman esque ending, folks. Yeah, be ready. Love this book though. I I'm so sad it's going away. But... Love it, love it, love it, love it. And I'm just gonna reread it when it's all gone. Yeah, I, I there there's a part of me too. Like it, I don't know what number they're gonna end on, but like uh... omnibus worthy. Yeah, I would I would oh, buy this mega ominous right or omnibus, omnibus worthy yeah, ominous. like some giant <laughs> 900 page. I would buy. Yeah, gigantic. I'd buy it. I I omnibus. absolutely love this book. 
Uh, it's going to go down as probably one of my favorite comic books of all time. I hope they do it in master collection size, like 11 by 17 pages. Can yeah, you imagine? Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's oh. how big that freaking book would be. Holy uh, moly. But yeah, Love Invincible. So next up at number seven is <laughs> Aliens Defiance, issue number 12 from Dark Horse Comics. This is written by Brian Wood and art from beautiful artist Eduardo Francisco. Colors by Dan Jackson. But this is the end, the finale of Aliens Defiance. I have loved this series from Brian Wood. And it's much a faster pace in writing. Cause, For him, yeah. Yeah, especially we've been reading his Rebels. Uh, the, the These free and independent states. Thank you. And uh, a much slower pace, right? Much longer yeah. game there. This was like fast, sci-fi, intense, aliens, great art, <laughs> unique looking. Is there any other way with aliens? Like, no. Sort of gotta, you got to throw everybody in there and then face and chests bursting. Yeah. There was some of that. <laughs> Even when you know, you're like, oh, I've seen that like 25 times. The way it's done here and the artist, the way they, it's brutal. Especially the first couple pages because you yeah. have this uh, this doctor character running away from a bunch of face huggers and like she, to the point where she's like getting piled on. Holy moly. It, it's just one of the scariest things I think I would ever experience if it's this happened to me. It's this impending doom, yeah. right? Like, and, and then also... Extreme panic. Like you feel her pain, you know. And Zulu, our main character who is the Marine that has the back problems, is just watching through a window and can do nothing. Mm-hmm. Like just powerless to watch her friend... This doctor just being pummeled by face huggers. I mean, it's just gruesome. But uh, there is something that happens to the doctor here. I don't want to discuss what happens. And also, Zulu, you mentioned earlier after you read it, has this horrifying back, back surgery. surgery. That oh, I'm very um, prone to like phantom pains. Like I remember, <laughs> I remember um, back when we saw Iron Man one, the scene oh where he's gosh. getting the hand That's reached. Right. In. Do you remember how much I freaked out with that? Yeah, and I was like, man, that, you're freaked out by that, and you're like, ah. Like yeah. it was, it wasn't like like it was disgusting. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like my, like I was like rubbing my chest. It was the gaping hole that yeah. bothered you. It was just this this hole, right? You yeah. Could, like reach in there, it grossed you out. It like I wouldn't say like it grossed me out because like I could watch blood and guts all day. Like I don't really have a problem with that. But like because like I, I for some reason just imagined that being my chest, and I was just like, oh my god, like imagine how that would feel, <laughs> like having a hole in your chest. Like, just a hole. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we but got some of that with I, Yeah, with, the, with his back. Here. This, this back opened, her, opened her whole back spine. and butterfly it spine. It's gross. It was gross. And a testament to the art. Beautiful, yeah. amazing art. But the corporative, the, the corporation, the conglomerate here, the ultimately the bad I guy. Mean, what do you expect, man? Wayland Utah yeah. has been a crappy company since And the they beginning. really show their true colors in this, showing how evil they really are. And I really <laughs> like that because I was mad. I was like, yeah. they are the worst corporation in the world. They're doing such <laughs> horrible things. I mean, is it still a surprise to you? Because like, there's been seven movies. And, like, I know, but they did. They're still a shitty company. <laughs> particularly one way they did something in this was yeah. particularly horrifying. But, oh man, there is some action sequences in this too of sort of flashbacking of yeah. uh, Zulu fighting fighting aliens, which is As great. Intermarine stuff. Yeah. Yes, and uh, this definitely is sort of, in a way, the aftermath. Like, it's sort of ended in issue 11 and this is just sort of the yeah, aftermath. This is the resolution. This is yeah. the, the, the come down from the, from the climax. And uh, this is right. very much like not, I mean, not too much is happening, but at the same right. time, it is our sort of like, like our sort of exhale of, yes. of all this crap that's gone down. Because it was such a high-paced, fast... Act. I, I mean, mean, this is a reread for me. I kind of want to go back and read these To all be together. honest, I, I feel they might have been able to end it last issue. Yeah, 11... Because like said, last issue is was the, good. I mean, yeah. they, they could have ended it. Like, boom, it was done. Yeah. You know, and that would have been... That would have given us, like, the oh, crap moment. And, like, it would have, you know, we would have wanted more. With this, they sort of solved everything for us. Yeah, Brian yeah. Wood is, like, a completist. When he ends something, too, he really kind of... All the loose ends, he usually ties up. This happens here. It's a great prologue. Yeah. 
So go and read all of Aliens Defiance. This is the finale, issue number 12. It was absolutely phenomenal. Great, great work. And again, written by Brian Wood from Dark Horse Comics. So definitely, definitely check it out. What's coming in at number six, Tables? Uh, at number six is I Hate Fairyland, number 13. Image Comics, uh, written and drawn by Scotty Young. Correct. Uh, this is... You got it right. <laughs> uh, this this is sort of the story. What, what's the bug's name? I forget his name right now. Oh gosh, but he's um, like uh, he's like the you know like the, the guide. He's like Jiminy Cricket. And this is basically his issue. And his school, the university, F-U, like F-U. Fairland University. <laughs> yeah, and he's just yeah. holding. I a little love. Sign I absolutely F-U. love the puns in this freaking book. Oh my uh, god, because there's so many. Like, I just I, I I love the comedy aspect of this movie or this this book. And uh, yeah. just some of the stuff that they talk about and, like, some of the, the comparisons to, like, the real world. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a part where he's naming, like, celebrities who are in our re- our world, but, like, in with, like, fairyland names. <laughs> right. You know? Um, I can't remember. I'd have to flip to the page. But there, there's some funny stuff. Uh, so this is basically him. He dozes off. Yeah. Uh, he dozes off. I think his name's Larry. Yeah, Larry. Yeah. Uh, Larry dozes off while they're riding away from, like, carnage that she just caused that Gert <laughs> just caused causing carnage. Uh, and he has like this sort of dream about like what it would be like if he had never met her yes and, and uh it's, it's not a, as it's not as good as he, he thought it would be yeah i love that you sort of have this expectation that he would have this glorious life and uh, he sort of does but but it goes downhill yeah we, we don't want to spoil it for you sort but. of like a like a tmz type celebrity person who has like this glorious up and coming to fame and then just like this terrible tragic downfall <laughs> very terrible you know what i like that i mean there's even a, a gross moment where the all the flies the sort of disgusting. the flies are breastfeeding and yeah. it's just like this floppy two boob. foot long boob that's up and over <laughs> the baby's head yeah. i mean it's just so many little gags in it that are hilarious they look like aliens too. i wish and like all the flies die I yeah there's like ze- seven million little maggot babies all killing each other yeah that was insane but i, I sort of wished this was sooner right like, yeah, uh, like we got this explanation a little bit. Through, yeah. Like what he actually went through. You would have felt differently for Larry because I do moving forward about Larry. Yeah. Now, you, now you're a little bit more sympathetic. Or Laragon. Laragon is, is his full name. <laughs> but he's Laragon. like the golden child of this like fly family. Of all the And maggots. you sort of realize like, what he's gone through to get to the point where he met Gert and yeah. <laughs> uh, what it would be like to have not met her. And like the so. shining beacon of sort of the creme de la creme of where all flies want to live and work is the dung the mines. Dung, the dung mines. It's the poop cave. Yeah. <laughs> That's the greatest. And it's grotesque. Wait till you see gross. it. The page, the, the like splash page of it literally stinks. That would have been great. Have like poop vision here and like <laughs> scratch and sniff. Smell some doo doo. <laughs> some scratch and sniff in the comic book. Oh my God. Scotty Young, do it. I'm telling you. You need some doo doo smell. Or get just the, like the... poop in like a, like a, Tupperware, and then on every comic book that you publish, just smear a little bit on. You know? <laughs> get get the people from those Harry Potter jelly beans that taste like oh, really yeah. bad. Get them to do the Ready smell beans. of smell every of vision. beans. Do it, do it, do it. But it's it always makes me smile. It always makes me laugh. There's yeah. a ton of gags in it. I hate Fairyland issue thirteen. You just never get enough. And there's always this very very gracious thank you letter at the end from from Scotty. And I always read <laughs> for them. dealing with his vulgar crap that he right. just he wrote down and explaining some of the madness that goes on in his brain. I, I just I always I never quite often never read the back of comics. There's, yeah, there's, there's no time to. I always read Scotty's. They're short and sweet and definitely don't miss them. And I hope they put them in when they're collected because uh, they're great little tidbits. They're fantastic. So coming in next at issue number five, at, at coming in number five, 
is from Marvel Comics. It is all new Guardians of the Galaxy issue number four, and this is written from written by Jerry Duggan and Ooh, artist. You just you just you just yeah, met I him? met him. I, I talked to him and uh, Phil Noto. They were sitting next to each other. And art by Aaron Cooter. So this has been a surprising title. This is also a bi-weekly title. So yeah. it's coming at you fast. And so far, no artist jumps because sometimes in Marvel, when they do bi-weekly, they they jump artists. But this has been Aaron Cooter and Jerry Duggan from the beginning. So I really love its style, its look, and its feel. What did you think of? Guardians, the all new Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, well, th- this is the the Guardians that I feel is closest to the movies. Yes, um, I agree. so it has that feel of camaraderie, but at the same time, like they're pissed off at each other, which is which is always sort of a, a family aspect that you sort of need to feel. Yeah, with this kind of group of people. So uh, mm-hmm. you got you got Drax, who's a pacifist now. You got Gamora, who's even more violent than before. You got Star-Lord, who's still sort of Star-Lord, and you got Rocket, who's still sort of Rocket. And Groot, <laughs> for some reason, is not growing. Yeah, still not so, growing. So, uh, they're on a mission from the um, uh, the Grandmaster right. to steal this egg from the Collector. Uh, and so, they, they've sort of got it, but they got caught. And so, now they're sort of dealing with the Collector, and they learn that he's like an elder of the universe or something yes. like that. And they basically, um, they... they- they kill him, him in the face early on, but twice. he comes right back to life. <laughs> they kill him twice, and then he appears like back out of nowhere. So I didn't know his powers were at that level, so uh, well, yeah, that was he like has cool. apparently he has like multiple bodies, and then he like grows bodies, and he can just live forever in this clone farm, yeah. which they give a little glimpse of it, right? Horrifying. Yeah. Uh, so this is basically, um, I guess, the middle of the story. Yeah, I, mean, I would say is maybe so. Like the collector's sort of like ah. Uh, like so, the collector stealing from me, or the the grandmaster stealing from me, and then he sort of like lets him get away. I'm not gonna say why, but he yeah. lets him get Don't away. Don't say why. Good. But the I love this action sequence with Rocket <laughs> and mech. mech. Yeah, yeah, and this awesome mech. It's just it's there's it's very action packed. This entire I read this quickly, like yeah. in about I don't know five ten minutes. This is an easy, fast, fun, action packed read. And you're right. Guardians of the Galaxy in the theme of and feel of the way it is in the films. Yeah. So I loved it. So it's an easy read. Go grab it. We're only on issue number four, and it's bi-weekly. I don't know if this is going to be a limited series or continued as an ongoing, because bi-weekly, yeah. right? But I definitely want to see where this goes as long as they keep this team together, because I'm I'm definitely foreseeing that bi-weekly will mean different artists, different writer, possibly. Yeah. But we'll see how it goes. For now, it's fantastic. Go check out all new Guardians of the Galaxy and get all four. Also, check out um, Bat in the Sun Productions. Uh, they're they're doing stuff with Valiant right now, but they had they had released a video of uh, Boba Fett versus Star Lord, and it's a really fun video to watch. Uh, just check it out. It's like I think it's like an eight minute video. They do such Star-Lord professional, versus... like well done videos. They're great. Yeah, and they're they're doing a, a web series with Valiant on. Uh, nice. Uh, they, I, I actually Ninjak? saw that. Yeah, Ninjak. I saw their their panel at uh, ID10T and. Uh, they uh, showed a little sneak peek. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. live action. It's real, right? Yeah. Not, and and uh, you got uh, the guy who played the White Ranger from, from Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Cool. Uh, and I think they had a little snippet of Exo Manowar in there. Nice. Like a little snippet. So uh, I'm excited to see that. But yeah, check that out. Uh, Boba Fett versus Star-Lord fight. It was, it was fun. Nice. And of the of the titles, which we've tried them all, of the Guardians of the Galaxy. This is and the best. This is the best. So definitely stick with this one. And coming up next at number four, what do we got? Uh, number four is Shirtless Bear Fighter number one. This book is wonky. <laughs> <laughs> wonky. Um, it is, uh, it's by Image, uh, written by jo- uh, Jody Lehup and Sebastian Gurner. 
Crooner. Uh, art by Nil Vendrel. Uh, this book is just insane. <laughs> uh, it's basically about a guy who's naked in the woods, who was raised by <laughs> bears, who loved bears, but something happened, and then he like switched sides. Now he fights bears. Yeah, I love that he uh, is very naked early on. Very in this naked. Issue. They blur his penis out. Thankfully, because uh, <laughs> it's uh, like a third leg. But um, <laughs> <laughs> there's even like a gag too, where like they, they this these couple these like law enforcement people are trying to look for him, and there there's the main guys talking to him like sort of Nick Fury type character, <laughs> yeah. and the people behind them are like. Oh my God! What is that? And like they're just like amazed by it and like kind of grossed out. But yeah, yeah, totally. And they, and he sort of has this strange code. Like we don't know. He's like this sort of weird black ops operative or whatever that well, uh, just they even for bears. have to just for bears. But they have yeah. to bribe him with his payment is flapjacks. Flapjacks. And if you, if you call him pancakes, he gets pissed off. Right. And they helicopter them in. There are that many flapjacks. And he like flips through them like they're a currency. He's yeah. like, and he like, like smells hmm. them like, okay, they're good. Yeah, this is top notch stuff. Like they're dollar <laughs> bills or something. Yeah, there's so many little weird little gags, but ultimately he punches bears in the face and saves the day. Yeah, he fights bears. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he wrestles there's them. Some, there's a bear plane. He's got a house made of bear skin. <laughs> uh, I mean, in this day and age, about you know global warming and 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 animals going extinct, this is not a very uh, <laughs> yeah. Forget all that. Yeah, forget all this. that. This forget is just all that. he's gonna fight bears, kill them, and. Uh, yeah, because there's a lot of them, and they're running rampant, like in the yeah. city, like they're evil there's villains. Mutant bears, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's they talk. There's there's bears that speak. So it's just yeah, I love that. Just the bad guy it's is just bears. crazy. It's a crazy book. This is Looney Tunes, uh, vulgar Looney Tunes, almost like you know, it gives fighting me bears. the feeling of a like grizzly shark that from Ryan oh, Otley. Yeah. It gives me that feel. And you compare it to something else too. It's all the the comedy of I Hate Fairyland. Yeah, a lot of gags in there, but. Shirtless Bear Fighter, issue number one. Go get it. It's hilarious. You'll laugh through it. You'll, your face will hurt. You'll <laughs> smile through the whole thing. didn't even notice when he, he throws the bear over his shoulders, right? And slant, like sort of suplexes him. Suplex. And yeah, his, his ding-a-ling is actually... <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> I mean, that's a very accurate place. motion of what would happen if you did Physically, that. Physically, yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, goodness. check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's a gag in every page, basically, and uh, you'll enjoy it. Shirtless Bear Fighter. So now we're in the top three now. Here we go, breaking into the top three best of this week. So what's coming in number three, Justin? Number three is Plastic Number Three. Uh, tell them what this book is about. This is also from Doug Potty Mouth Wagner story. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Scribbles Hilliard on art, and you got to give props to Laura Cat Lady Martin for color. I love that they give themselves these <laughs> goofy names. names. But yeah, the premise of this, this is a messed up comic. This really yeah. is out there. It's a, disturbing. It's mature. I mean, straight off the bat, there's a freaking rape scene in like the first five pages of yeah. this book. And like, I mean, it's not from like a necessarily a successful rape scene. But from a policeman to a civilian. Like, yeah, an it's, attempted rape. And it's just, it, yeah. It's, it's uh, brutal, uncomfortable. Very and uncomfortable. The very way hard this, to read. This, this maniacal look on his face that he's, when he wants to rape this woman is just, it's painful, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 a little hard to read at times, but yeah. uh, he gets his, you know. Right, because uh, <laughs> our main character, who is ultimately out to save the day and save, save his, his damsel, rubber doll. Yeah. his rubber damsel in distress <laughs> from this weird uh, gabagools, yeah. right? His yeah. gabagool family. But in this in this book, you sort of realize like how how messed up this guy is. Uh, our main character, uh, yeah. you learn his name, which I forget, uh, but you learn how psycho this guy is yeah. and, and what what lengths he'll sort of go to 
to get what he wants. And then he sort of enlists this girl to help him out. Surprisingly, she wants to stick around. Yeah, because he sort of saved her, but at the same time, like, I think she sees through it and, like, notices that he's not mentally there and that he won't hurt her, you know? Yeah, he has, like, a Dexter-like code, right? Yeah, like he, only, he only really kills people who deserve it. Yeah, who are evil. Yeah. So he definitely has that Dexter-like feel to it. And it, it it's very over-the-top, violent, very bloody, very gory, but a ton of fun, a ton of messed-up yeah. fun. I think it's also sort plastic. of... I think down the line, I'm hoping they sort of... Exp- like, um, sort of explain more of, of his mental state. Yeah. he doesn't seem all there, and he seems like he needs... Like, he should be, you know, taken care of and stuff like that. But uh, I'd like to I'd like to explore that a little bit deeper and, and yeah. see to see maybe, like, you know, if he's got some sort of crazy disorder that, you know, we'd never heard of or, you know, whatnot. But uh, this was a crazy character dive into this. And the gabagools that are hot on his trail, right, that have his uh, Virginia, his, his, his rubber doll, rubber doll uh, made of, you know, she, um, he is also asking to for his group to find out oh, everything about him because mm-hmm. he's like uh, no fingerprints, he's like black ops, he has like no name, no history, no nothing in any computers. So yeah, I would like to find out absolutely more about This whatever. is only issue number three and it's monthly, so it's yeah. uh, we want more. We just want to read more faster. <laughs> we want more. And uh, yeah, they do give a glimpse into what might possibly be his origin member by one mm-hmm. of what the cops heard about on a TV show, like a very yep. much like a, what's the America's well, he, he Most Wanted... Like- he might be like a serial killer, but we don't right. know. It's not confirmed or anything. So. Yeah, because he has nothing they can find on the computer. But he's ultimately on this. The Gabagool's bad guys are on his tail, and he's trying to get his uh, his, his woman back, which is a plastic doll, and he's just on the murdering spree. It's crazy. But yep. uh, check out Love Plastic. Th- that scene at the be- at the start of yeah. this, and the rape scene, was Brutal. so uncomfortable. It made me upset. made me angry. really evoked an emotion out of me, so that's why it ranked so high. Um, so coming in at number two from Marvel Comics, this was like the surprise entry. I read this uh, almost last, and uh, it's the Mighty Thor from uh, Marvel Comics, issue number 20. This is uh, written by Jason Aaron. This is art by Russell Dowderman and also Matthew Wilson. They sort of shared art, but you could not tell the difference. They seemed very yeah. seamless all together. But uh, tell me what you thought. Give, give the folks the gist of the Mighty Thor. Uh, well, so there's something going down in like Dwarfland. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, at, one so, of the Heims, yeah, one of the Heims, uh, and so three like uh, representatives of the like, co- like uh, I guess sort of the UN of planets in a way, yeah, coalition uh, of planets, yeah, something like that, yeah, and so they're sent to this this dwarf land area to see what's going on, and, and apparently like there's some refugee light elves, um, and they're sort of there to help out and. Something goes down. Um, yeah, they're being love- attacked by somebody who they don't really know who it is, and yeah. and uh, basically a lot of light elves are getting killed, and so they're sort of there to help them get out. But uh, yeah, I like how the dwarfs were helping the light elves. Yeah. Like like they took them in as refugees yeah. in this crazy Mountain. like dwarf cave that they were in, and they yeah. just sort of they're they're like. They're not at a. They're not warring each other. The dwarfs and the light elves, like they're trying to help each other, and they're like being starved. Yeah, and this being isn't, kicked this isn't of Lord their... of the Rings, you know. Like, yeah, where, where you know elves and dwarves hate each other, but uh, there, there, there is a meetup too between um, the actual Thor, unworthy Thor, and the mighty Thor, who yeah. is Jane Foster. Uh, f- for the first time, I think I've seen this because I loved unworthy Thor, but there was never any real. Uh, visitation from the real Thor right, really from Mighty Thor uh, and so you get this meetup and sort of understand what they both went through at the time and 
Thor is just kind of arrogant. You know, the actual Thor, he's sort of just kind of a kind of a douche. You know, you can very see why, why he's unworthy and she is yeah. very very quickly here. But I like that they're kind of she's got cancer too, and it's so freaking insensitive. But they're it's sort terrible. of they're sort of ironing out their dirty laundry in this, yeah. like you know, talking about their relationship and how it didn't work, and and she's trying to explain like her health and her situation with being Thor, but he's kind of like jealous of her having Mjolnir, and it's like there's a lot of complex like relationship things going yeah. on here mixed in with you know. This crazy, you know, hammer and yeah. godlike powers. So I just loved that very uncomfortable sequence between the two of them. Yeah. It was it was a highlight for me of this particular issue and done really well to where it felt real with relationship issues and superhero issues and just a ton of things there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just loved this sequence and they really, you didn't get to see them at all meet. And this is like really the first time they have a long conversation yeah. about everything that's gone down. And again, like, like Odin's son, Thor Odin's son, the, the unworthy Thor... Sort of just a douche, man. Like, he sort of sort of doesn't really care what she says, but at the same time, towards the end of the conversation, he sort of, like, gets it. Yeah, he comes around. Yeah, but... but it's, uh, it's a great sequence. I really enjoyed reading that whole part of it. It was really yeah. just just fun and a little heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time. But the... The, the, the real kicker. The, the real kicker. Book. We totally don't want to spoil all of it, but yeah. there is a primary character who is of one of Thor's groups, uh, one of the one of the, in his group, uh, the one guy that eats all the time. Val, Val something? Uh, I can't remember his oh, name. Oh my goodness, what was his name? Uh, it's right there. Yeah, there it is. Where? Uh, Mr. Volstag. Uh, Volstag. Volstag. That's I, right. I forget his first name, but Volstag. He just goes the big, Volstag. The big dude, with the orange-haired dude. That um, eats a lot. He just yeah. eats all the time. Big kind of fat dude, but... He sort of takes in these kids, these children, these light elf kids. Like they're all like kind of toddlers, three, four years old. They lost like their parents too. So like he's sort of helping, saving them in a sense. And oh man, there's just a brutal sequence of this like goblin that comes down and. and He's trying to protect these kids. That's all we're going to really tell you. And it's just like, it's so crazy and messed up and some things go down and. Can he save the children? Will Volstag be there for these light elf kids and from this crazy fire demon that's shooting down fire from the sky? Like, a gruesome little violent moment here. There's one panel that, like, totally invokes, like, an emotional reaction. Yeah. I was like, no! (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'll tell you. When you you described it the first time, though, you did it. You did it a little differently. No! No! (laughs) Yeah. More of a nerd no? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's uh, we don't want to spoil it, but man, it's uh, it's a kicker that will make you go ding and, and your jaw will drop. And yep. I got to see where this goes because ultimately there is a new person without. Uh, he's on the cover uh, that you know eventually. Uh, Volstag looks very different, but on the yep. cover there he is with the ultimate Thor hammer. Yep. So what happens here? And I, we got to know. We got to see what yeah. happens. You'll, you'll learn in this book. Right. And it. also what happens from here. Like, yep. what's he going to do? Because he's now called... Warthor. Warthor. Say that five times fast. Yeah. Warthor. 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 It comes out Warthor. <laughs> <laughs> so coming in, the numero uno, Jables. What do we got as the number one that beat them all? The winner, the, the greatest of the greats. What is it? Number one. God Country number six. Oh my God! Yes, the book. finale, and this was our artist winner and our cover artist winner as well. But this is the finale. And, and I, what I thought was crazy too is like the, the number six comes out the week I'm going to meet Donny Cates. Yeah, that's so. Cool. Uh, oh my gosh! It's written by Donny Cates, art by Jeff Shaw, who also won art pick and cover pick of the week. Yes. Of the week. But uh, this book, man, I I I, I explained to. Uh, Donny Cates, man, as I was talking to him, I was like, dude, dude, I've never, it's very rare for me to, to 
get such an, a strong emotional response. I literally teared up reading this book. And I explained that to him. And he was like, oh, man, like, I'm so happy you loved it. Like, real cool guy. But this book, man, just got me in a spot that I haven't been hit in, since, like, the issue of Invincible where where freaking Oliver dies. Yes. You know? So I had the exact same experience. Remember when I, I, I read it and I immediately sent you a message? I was like, yeah. tears. Yeah. Because I almost cried during this. And it's really because it's this, this road to redemption for our main character who is senile, that he is not senile or has dementia when he holds this ins- like insane, beautiful sword. What's the sword's name? Uh, Valifax. Valifax. And when he holds that sword, he is um, this powerful being that is sort of fighting gods and trying to protect his son and his son's uh, wife and their little child, his granddaughter. Yeah. That's where the core of the story is. The, and there is a narrator too, and um, and they're sort of explaining like what's going on and like what what's going through Emmett's head and what what the motivation is. And you sort of learn at the end of the book what this all meant. Yes, you know, what the story meant and. I could see, I, I told you before we started recording, I, I told you that I could see where I, where people might not be happy with this ending, but I absolutely loved it. Me too. Because it just, it, it left you in such a realistic sense, you know, yeah. where it, essentially, I, I don't want to explain too much of it, where essentially it's like, you know, what are stories to people? Yeah. You know, what, what, what does this actually mean? Did this really happen? Are you going to believe it? You know, like stories are forever they live forever and, right. and they're passed down forever and so Emmett the things that Emmett did will never actually go away so yeah. it, it was just a beautiful ending to me um, the action in this book was awesome the there's a scene oh my god there's one it's a one page pa- like you know scene and it just like totally just broke me down yeah I got was, misty too yeah but it's a complex ending, if you will. It's, yeah. it's there's a ton it's of not, emotional all... things that are happening. It it has that sort of that that legacy that yeah. that what do you leave behind? There also it's a little bit of that afterlife. What happens after you die? Like it's it there's some closure, some things that were that were constantly there, questioning yeah. between father and son, and that's why I think it hit us. It definitely is this this relationship. This this very much a a. A picture, a glimpse into the life of this father-son relationship. Yeah. And it, at the end of the book, too, you get the sense that, okay, it's not all wrapped up in a bow and it's not all perfect. But at the same time, you're still you're still happy with, with the way it ended. You are. Um, I mean, you're, you, you, it's happy such and a sad. rush of emotions. It's both happy yeah. and sad, yeah, at the same time. But yeah. uh, there, there's legitimately, like, one of the most heartbreaking panels I've ever seen in comics. Yeah, and it just, like, just got me. Um, it, and filled with a ton of action. There yeah. is a ton of fighting and action because Emmett goes to the gods. He's fighting the gods with Valifax in this thunderous, you know, where it's, their fight is actually like destroying the, the god world. It's that Yeah, the, the that kingdom of powerful. forever. Yeah. So there's a ton of action in this. And Emmett's just, he's absolutely, which the, of course, Jeff Shaw's art sells it. He is just, he is willing to die for his family here. Yeah. And you see it on the emotions on his faces and, uh, it's it's top notch art and storytelling and beautifully done with like I said the complex of life after death legacy father son relationship stuff it's all tied in there right yeah uh, 
like I said, I, I, I met Donnie Cates this weekend and I explained to him how much this actually affected me and how much I loved the book. And like, I even asked him like, you know, or I didn't really, I, I, I he was sort like, of, he was like, whatever. No, no, he was, uh, I, I even told him like, I, I, I loved the way you ended it too, where, you know, it's sort of metaphorical, you know, it's sort of a, what stories mean to a person and, and stuff like that. And he's like, oh man, like. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. And at the end of this, I don't know if you read the little uh, the prologue. I did. It, uh, it basically explains that you know a lot of people have come to him and explained like why this book affects them so much. And I absolutely loved this book. I, I will probably buy this in some sort of collection because this is just this will go down in Mark Millar style history. Like the you know. I agree. I hope they option it for a movie or a TV show yeah. or something. We see this in some other form of media. But it feels like that's going to happen. It just feels like this is going to be a great collection. It's going to sell really well when it's all together, collected. But I want to see... I want to read it again, like, without yeah. any... Without having to wait. It was always on time, but yeah. wouldn't that be nice to just read it without like having to Like I said, yeah, wait? in a collection, I'll, I'll absolutely buy this. Yeah, and beautiful art, uh, like I said... Just gorgeous, gorgeous art. But there it is, folks. That's our number one. That's our show. So, wow. What a great, phenomenal week of comics. I mean, it was just amazing, right? Yeah. Absolutely yeah, so amazing. I, there was never really a low moment for, for me. All the books I really wanted to make the list made the list. So. Yeah. I mean, we were in sync this week. It was just right yeah. together in sync, which is beautiful when that happens. But there you go. Those are all of our great of the greatest picks there for New Comic Book Day. June 21st, please walk into any local comic book shop near you and buy these titles immediately. Please tell them that Chris and Jables from Sunspots Comics sent you. And if you have any questions, comments, or you'd like a personal comic book recommendation, please call me. Uh, just hit us up directly. Email us both. Chris at Sunspots... Yeah, call me. Chris at Sunspots Here's my Comics. phone number. It's 555. It's 555. It's always 555. Uh, at Chris at Sunspots Comics or... Uh, Justin at Sunspots Comics. And please, if we if you send us an email, we discuss it on a future podcast. We'll actually send you a free little comic book prize as a thank you from us. And please sign up for our newsletter on sunspotscomics.com/contact. And uh, and please tune in next week or issue number one thirteen of the podcast, where we will be reading a list of fifteen new books uh, for June twenty eighth, com- new comic book day, yes. with two new number ones that are coming out uh, that we want to check out, and hopefully uh, they are great. So we recommend those to you as well. Uh, Not quick, too many, you know, maybe only 17, much like half of this week's, which yeah. is crazy. And a uh, quick peek into the, into, you know, next week for issue number 13, we had uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 29. Batman the Shadow, three of six. Defenders number two. Detective Comics 959. Eleanor and the Egret, great book. Flash 25, my gosh, I can't wait. Flash is just, <laughs> I, every week I look for it, it seems like, like it comes out every three days. Infamous Iron Man. Mother Panic number eight. Nam Wolf number three. Yes. Oh my gosh, can't wait for that. I love that. That's that's just a, a smidge of what's coming out next week. Uh, so please definitely tune in on the podcast and just hit subscribe so you never have to worry or miss an issue uh, right there on iTunes. And if you really, really enjoyed the podcast and you want to give us a little something back, uh, please leave us a five-star rating on uh, iTunes uh, if you want. You know, I'm not trying to pressure you or anything. Uh, but yeah, please leave us a positive five-star review. We'll, we'll actually read it on uh, the podcast. Um, give you a, and we'll give you a little shout-a-rooney. I love when you say shout-a-rooney. <laughs> and uh, we'll leave you with some uh, words, some wise words from the late great Adam West. I've always tried to fit what I do professionally into my family. Rather than the other way around. That's a horrible 
Adam West impression, but you get the gist of what he's trying to <laughs> that say. That was barely an impression. <laughs> he was just such a family man, so I love that that saying. And uh, Great power comes great responsibility. I like Yes, that. that one too. So be like water, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Later, Jables. Later. Bye-bye. pretty awesome. Checking over his fantasy scores right now.
Like no, <laughs> she's not sure. <laughs> she's like, do I? She's all, do I have to hold it? <laughs> You know, I, I I'm Canadian, so we just follow everybody. But uh, I was a big I was a big Oilers I was a big Oilers fan, and then I was part owner part owner for about 15 years with the Oilers. So yeah. What do you think of the Vegas Golden Knights? I was here for the NHL awards. And yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and uh, I live in Phoenix, so the first game's against the Coyotes, so it's cool. Awesome. Well, I do a little podcast and a little blog and everything, and you're always an inspiration. So thank you. Oh, thank sure. you very kind. Picture right of you. Sounds watch comics. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate your time. Thank there you. you go. Good luck. Awesome. Yeah, it's okay. It's Holman. Good. How are you doing? Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Todd. That's awesome. He grabbed the mic. He didn't say anything, but hey, we grabbed the mic. That was cool. Me and Todd McFarlane. Woohoo! Media packs. I know, that's, and we didn't have to pay to get in line. What, that was very cool. Just impromptu. It's not going to happen the rest of the weekend, so that was great. Man, thank you for filming that, babe. That was awesome. I feel bad. My cousins are waiting. Let's go. Just, you just got video? You just videoed the whole thing? Awesome. Wow. 